Hello. All right, we're going to talk about how it feels to have your sensory integration off. Okay, now this takes a few props if you have them. If you have a um, glove, an earplug, some toothpicks, some glasses, or you take off the ones you have and then an imagination for the rest of the parts. I'll describe what I normally do if we were sitting in the same room together, okay? So you're looking at this picture, right, that says how do they process their data? And you'll see the glove, the glasses, the toothpicks, the, the finger puzzle. Oh, that would be a great one if you have one of those. Um, it's a tube and you stick your fingers in it and then you pull and you get caught. <laughs> Tip. Typically, we call that a Chinese finger puzzle. And I use, we use that for um, showing what it feels like to be your midline crossover off a bit. And then earplugs. Okay, so imagine we're sitting in the room together and I, you've picked up the little baggie of goodies sitting on your chair. And I say, all right, y'all, take, if you are wearing glasses, give them to your neighbor. If you are not wearing glasses, take them from your neighbor or take a pair that I have here in this big old bag of glasses I carry around. And if you think that is just so gross and you want nothing to do with it, then that's how our kids feel all day long in their bodies, in their skins. All right, so then uh, next thing is to put one glove on, on your, you can choose dominant or non-dominant hand. Take the toothpicks out of the baggie and put them in your mouth. That's going to uh, alter your expressive speech. So right now we're changing your, you see that little sensory integration uh, key that we talked about last time. So we're messing with your sight. We're messing with how you process sound with one earplug. We're messing with um, uh, your um, sense of midline crossover. So once you have your glove on your hand, then you get your toothpicks in your mouth, your uh, one earplug in, one glove on, take the Chinese finger puzzle, put, your, um, put a thumb in one and a little finger in the other end. So you do not want to match up your digits. You want to have them mismatched, okay? Then imagine I'm in the room and I've just described a scenario to you, which I'm going to do in a second. And then I'm going to flick the lights on and off, on and off, on and off, and I'm going to yell at you in a really loud, mean old voice. Um, okay, so this is what I'm going to set the stage. Just imagine that you are one of your students coming in or you're one of your children. And it's the beginning of the school year. You've ridden the bus into school. It was a bad bus ride. You're hungry. You're, you are not wearing clean clothes. There was nobody at home to love you and to give you hugs and see you off to have a nice day. So it's just been pretty much a really bad morning so far. You're feeling bad about yourself. You come into the classroom. You sit down. And this is what your teacher starts to do. All right, so you're wearing all the garb that I just described, right? I'm asking you to put yourself in the, in the eyes and the hearts and the skins and the, in the sensory integration of the kids that walk in. And they're going to all have individual differently experiences with this. But I'm going to start yelling at you. All right, boys and girls, summer's over. It's time to sit down and get your backpacks out. Get your stuff out of your backpack. Put them on the floor. 
quit messing around. So I'm going to just kind of yell really loud at you for a while, right? The lights are flicking on, off, on, off. And so what my intention is with all of this is that you just vibrate and you realize, yikes, this is a terrible feeling. And then I will point out to you, this is how the kids will feel all day long. And would you please leave your props on for as long as possible? Um, and most of the times, the adults just can't wait to get rid of all that stuff, get their glasses back, and start to, well, and just stop being uncomfortable, all right? But before I release them all, I put up this second graphic, I, um, the one that says, what do you see? What do they see? And the way that it's set up in the um, presentation is that I right, think right now it's not moving on you, but I, I'm hoping that it does um, wiggle back and forth. And so I have them all, I'm saying, all right, boys and girls, now I want you to sit down here and read this together. And then I, I zip it, and here's everybody in the class that this font is moving in, out, in, out, in, out. And you already hate it because I've been yelling at you, and your, your toothpicks are messing with you, and you can't see, and you can't hear, and your midline crossover's messed up, and your one glove isn't, it, it feels weird, and the, everything is just uncomfortable. So y'all are reading in unison, and the text says, for children in every classroom, see print this way. They cannot control their eye movements at close distances, making reading and attention almost impossible. As the print blurs and moves, they stumble over words, they lose their place, and they cannot comprehend. Out of desperation, they give up and they quit. Is it any wonder that they struggle in school? So by now, the whole classroom is usually just loud and complaining and yikes, I didn't know it felt like that. And it takes about 10, 15 seconds for me to get control of everybody's attention again, to regain attention, um, uh, uh, joint attention. And these are all neurotypical adults, right, in the classroom. All right, so I'm not sure how this translates on a podcast. I, I'm hoping that the file that you see, if it's interactive, will uh, move around for you. Otherwise, you don't get the full intention. There's also some links that I'll share later of uh, simulations of what sensory integration disorder might feel f like for you. And the point of this is to realize if you're sitting there all comfy and your sensory integration is neurotypical, and you understand and you feel in control, then how can you really identify with all those with all the students that you're trying to engage with and and conf confirm and affirm and help them feel trusted and trust you when they just feel so leg down, they feel so out of control, they feel so unloved and disrespected and nobody cares what's going on. So to build empathy, to build compassion, to realize, oh my goodness, this is the cognitive load that these kids have. They walk into my classroom, they walk into my world of attempted classroom management with this kind of burden from home because we don't know what they have suffered at home. We do not know anything that they have to go through outside of the control of your classroom, right? You have no idea what they go through. They may not ever be able to share it with anybody. And they may shove that down so deep in their grief and trauma, and it's stored deep in the DNA of their cellular structure and in their body, and it may be a long time before they really can 
bring that out into the sunshine and deal with all the stress and trauma of their lives. So hopefully in a small way, you can start that process with them. You can help them build resilience and a sense of self-respect and all of the positive consequences that come out of feeling that you care. All right, so we have some other slides coming up on resilience and self-esteem and intrinsic motivation. This is just a quick journey into how they might feel. And I'll be sharing some other simulation links and models um, soon. All right. Well, thanks for your time. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye.